Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about Door from 1988, directed by Banmei Takahashi, uh, a movie we've talked about a couple times. It's a, We'll get to it later, but it's that uh, recently resurfaced 80s Japanese uh, home invasion movie. But we're going to go ahead and get this thing going. Hey, everyone. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. That's right. Uh, we've talked about the trailers for this and the upcoming... Uh, we've been excited for the release of it uh, just to see it's it's a neat little novelty to get a, a, a mm-hmm. essentially unseen movie from forever ago. Um, but we will we will probably be spoiling this movie. So fair warning if you want spoilers from I think normally I would laugh at saying giving spoilers from an, an 80s movie, but no one's ever seen this movie before in this country. So True. genuine. There can be spoilers for it. So be warned. But before we get to the spoilers, we won't spoil it at all until we get through the news. Dylan, what you got? All right, so I've kind of got like a smattering of different subjects here uh, for news, but um, the first one is like I thought it was kind of interesting. It's a, it was a interview with the um, Pixar uh, chief creative officer. His name is Pete Doctor, um, and he's okay. kind of talking about like the movie landscape and how things have shaped up and like post pandemic. Now that the dust has kind of settled a little bit with yeah how it's going to look and some of it was like touching on how elemental performed which if listeners don't know it it kind of bombed opening weekend That's too uh, bad. it made 25 29 million but then it went on to make over 500 million worldwide um it just like played for so long and did like was just steady the whole time right. so it ended up it ended up being a success even though it was kind of a bomb um and then on Disney Plus, it had more views than Guardians of the Galaxy three and Little Mermaid, and like did really well there too. Um, so he's talking about like kind of why that is because it still underperformed. Like a few years ago, the Pixar movies were making a billion. So oh yeah, it's a hit relatively, but it's not. It's a dud for Pixar, Pixar level, but, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he says there's been an overall shift in viewing habits as a result of the pandemic, but it's also specific to Disney Plus. We've told people, hey, all of this is going to be available to you on Disney+. Plus." Um, he's talking about Soul, Turning Red, Luca, you know, the right. ones that you haven't seen, probably. I, I, mean, I, saw, I saw Turning Red. I didn't yeah. see Soul or Luca. But, like, you would have more of a chance to, I think, if they're in theaters, you know? Of course. I'll, I mean, maybe. I do have Disney+, Plus, but I'm much less yeah. likely to turn on a children's movie if I'm at home. Unless Agreed. I'm only yeah. to see these movies if it's for the show. Makes sense. Yeah. But um I mean basically I, Turning Red was very good. And I and I I trust you wholeheartedly that Luca and Soul were good too. They were also really good. Yeah. And Elemental was my favorite of all of them. I love oh, Elemental wow. so much. It um, looked good. The like, trailers were good. Yeah, it was really good. But it's just kind of like things just go under the radar now. Like it's not like a like a pop culture moment anymore, you know. Right. Like who's Elemental on at Halloween this year, you know? Right. Who's Wade and Ember? I don't know. Um, he I said, was. I always felt that Elemental would speak to a lot of people. I'm so happy that it has. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but he says they're going to start looking at, I don't know what this means. He says, we're going to look at what the kind of the films we're making. I really think I want to double down on what allowed us to speak to audiences to begin with. Okay. I don't know what that means. But Me neither. I guess the thesis is like, has the pandemic hurt animated box office beyond repair? Um, that is interesting. I don't think so. I mean, as a, as, because what is the animated box office, but young people box office. And I think you have a story about that later. So, and you have a Mario who made over a billion, who so killed like, it. So, but again, I think Mario, it's a Disney problem. 
it's a Disney problem, yes. Um, but it's also, well, no, it's not a quality problem because what's the last Pixar movie that I saw in theaters? Was Turning Red in theaters? No, it was only mm-hmm. online, right? Yeah. The last one I think I might have seen was The Good Dinosaur. That movie was bad. Oh, well, it's like their one bad one. Okay. Like in general. Okay. Mm. The last one I saw in theaters was that. Their movies are still good, like quality, I feel like. Did you mm. see Lightyear? No, I didn't see that one. Okay. Well, I think it's a Disney Plus problem, not an animated feature problem. Because I think you're right. Mario was never going to be on streaming, you know, and people had to go see Mario it. Mario wouldn't have been the hit. I mean, it's it's good, but like as is evidenced by most streaming platforms, nothing has that huge breakout success that something like a house of cards or orange is the new black or you know whatever and the reason those were so successful is because there was only netflix yeah now everybody every streaming platform has to have their big hit you know has to have their house of cards or whatever okay well i guess i'll like move on to a different story that contradicts it immediately okay excellent um, and it's the five nights at friday's box office which had right. a simultaneous streaming and uh theatrical release which, which has historically not been great right for um box office numbers yeah like things like dune and like Halloween. you know all the wb ones yeah they all really suffered um but not However, five nights no. well maybe five nights would have been even bigger but it a huge hit um it's the largest opening for a live action video game ever uh wow. 40 million, wow. 40 million on the first day. Um, highest ever for any Blumhouse movie, beating Halloween uh, 2018, which had 76 million. Disrespectful. 78 million. So took the crown from Halloween. Beat Halloween 2018. I knew it beat Ends and Kills. I didn't know it, be- it beat uh, 2018. Yeah. Highest That's Blumhouse ever. Um, what about Megan? World- <laughs> worldwide opened at 130 million on a $20 million budget. Um, wow. And I mean, good for them. So the um, sequel is like they're already like counting their money and making several sequels, I feel like, to this. So I know we're not here to review um FNAF as as I call it, not FNAF. Um FNAF. I know <laughs> FNAF. Um I understand you saw it, Dylan. I did. I you I didn't light, like it. Light thoughts. I thought like some of the vibes were pretty cool and it looked fine, but because the trailer looked good. I didn't like the story at all. I thought it was like confusing, contradictory, characters sucked. <laughs> not like say to anyone who enjoyed this movie but i think you might like need to have a little some like built-in fnaf i was gonna say uh, are you are you a five nights enjoyer um i am in the sense that right before the movie i watched a five nights at freddy's lore video that was oh, 10 minutes no. long it made me more confused than when i went in i don't I... sound like a total boomer but like it should be like it should make sense like the rules of the universe and stuff if you haven't seen it at least you know right Sure. I don't know. I get that. It, it was it was kind of boring. I got to be honest. I don't think wow. you liked Michael. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't see it because uh, it 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 looked good. It looked mid at, at the very at minimum mid from the trailers. I remember seeing the trailer for in front of I don't remember Last Voyage of the Demeter or something, and going, "Hey, this looks okay. This looks doesn't look half bad." Yeah, that's too bad. It's a mystery. With a really unsatisfying journey and conclusion. So maybe satisfying if you care about Five Nights. No. I don't think the story will be satisfying to everything. I just think it can like like some sugar to make the medicine go down. You know? Okay, wow. Um 
That's a shame. Yeah. Well, it doesn't need anyone's help. It's doing yeah. amazing. So of course. Maybe this will like uh encourage them to make a good one, you know? No. Uh okay. What else you got? So let's see. We got a little DC update. We got an interview with James Wan about uh Ben Affleck being in Aquaman too. Okay. Uh, Jason Momoa announced that, uh, that he would be in it with, with us. He took a selfie with him as Bruce Wayne in character and announced last year that Ben Affleck was in the movie. And then now they're saying in test screenings that Ben Affleck has been removed, um, presumably because of the reset. I don't know. Maybe of they're course. like, we don't stop reminding people about the Batman. You know, we have our own different Batman that we're doing, you know? Right. Um, they asked James Wan if Ben Affleck was in it. And he said, probably not. Uh, all, I say, <laughs> all I'll say is that those scenes were just to have something in the bank in case we needed to explain time continuity if we came out first. So okay. Like, that's bad, I feel like. He doesn't know. He's not sure. What, the director isn't sure. What a state of movie making. Not to, again, not to sound like a boomer. Like, what the state of blockbuster movie making is just like shooting stuff just in case release schedules hit. Because what does that tell you about the integrity of like and I, and I and I respect James Wan. I will say I will sing James James Wan's praises. I think he's done a lot for himself and it's not his some, fault. Not yeah. at all. Like I respect the heck out of James Wan. He didn't get he he somehow did not get pigeonholed into making saw over and over again. You know, he's he done a lot of He said that this things. was like working in a renovated house house under renovation, you know, Yikes. working at DC. And yeah, I'm sure if he had his way he would have a script before he made the movie. But <laughs> Yeah, it's like Spider-Man. Part of the MCU book that I was telling you about with all the tea was talking yeah. about how they cast Andrew and Toby like with a couple weeks left in the shoot, and they rewrote it, and they were just rewriting every single day, like it was just like improv, basically. Um, wow. But yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, so a little bit of Thor, uh, Thor five T, uh, via okay. scooper Daniel Richman. A scooper. He's apparently pretty legit. Um, he said okay. that Thor Five is in development and they're doing I it mean, without Taika Waititi, which is not surprising to me. But what, what, why, how do you feel about that? Why is that not surprising? Because Thor: Love and Thunder didn't perform. It didn't perform and it wasn't received well critically. So yeah, I feel like it's time to move on. That's too bad. I mean, I do like Taika Waititi, but like um, those those Thor movies did feel very different than the previous. You know, they felt like Taika movie movies unless. You know, people don't want the goofy one anymore, though. You know, I know it's funny, the cyclical nature of Thor, like it started off very serious, like too serious. And there, it was like a breath of fresh air when it was like a little goofy and silly. And now they're like, no, we want Game of Thrones Thor, you know, like we're just circling back to the OG Thor. It's interesting. And we still have Chris Hemsworth or is this going to we're I not recasting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's still got still got a couple left. He's he like. still got some gas left in the tank. Yeah. Um, okay, we got some. I guess I'll um, end my news with something that's like skippable with some Marvels rumors. Oh, like the, the so, Marvels. So if you don't want to catch any spo- potential spoilers for the Marvels, you know, skip ahead a couple of minutes. Look for that. And we do look have that live sale commercial. <laughs> yeah. Um. And this is like purely to get people to go because I feel like no one's talking about this movie or wants to go. But Michael and I both think it looks pretty good. I'm and so excited. Yeah, it's one of your the Captain Marvel is one of your like favorite Marvel movies, right? It's like, yeah, it's up it's, there. It's, at it's, least. It's, yeah, absolutely. 
it's real good. Anybody that says wrong is uh, has some other problem with the movie. Yeah, well, I I like it a lot as well. Um, but some little details about this. This one's not really like a spoiler because it's in a new TV spot, but it's uh, featuring like a flashback of Thanos dialogue uh, or a Thanos scene, Captain Marvel fighting Thanos. But then there's some new Thanos dialogue from Josh Brolin. He says there will always be more more to finish my work and. He's never said that before anywhere. So people are thinking that means Thanos is in the movie somehow, like via flashback or like, I don't know exactly how he would fit into it, but. Huh. Okay. I feel like if that is a card they have, like maybe at this point they should play it, you know, like tell us yes. in a trailer, you know Absolutely. what I mean? I understand the, like wanting to keep the integrity of like spoilers and a good theatrical experience, but you're in trouble. You need to, <laughs> you need to tell us something. I agree. I think like, um, excitement for these movies has got seemingly at an all-time low and so i think you need to find out if you can if you can still draw you know if you can still yeah get butts and seats and i'm normally anti i know anti like uh spoiling the movie with yeah. a cool reveal but like dog i'm with you like tell people Thanos is in the movie and you know, let's go let's see what happens. It's a nice experiment because we already know, unfortunately how this movie is going to perform. We know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's uh, a all female team of cool yeah. characters. We know what's going to happen. We saw Captain Marvel. We've seen the reactions to all this type of stuff. We know what's going to happen. And it's following up on TV shows like WandaVision and Miss Marvel, right? People didn't, Maybe the masses probably didn't watch either. So right. it's got a lot against it. And I feel like the MCU isn't in a place anymore where they can just throw out a save the date and expect everyone to show up. You know what I mean? Right. That that era is over. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, But there are a couple more cameos rumored okay. Um, via the mid credits and post credit scene. These ones might not be true. Of Who course. Knows? But we but do have one a pretty good says, uh, track record. We do have a good track record. So, Michael, you can mute your microphone if you if you care or mute your headset. Oh. Um, no, I'm kidding. No, Depends I, on if you care or not. I don't care. Via the mid credit scene, apparently maybe uh, last chance. Yep. Monica wakes up in another universe and Kelsey Grammer as Beast is there. Dylan! The out of left field cameo. is. This one seems maybe too crazy to be true. But no, I believe that... it. I'm, I'm in. Hook, line, and sinker. Sold. It's happening. Obviously setting up Deadpool 3, but that oh, would be like sure. a really cool cameo. That'd be wild to me that's amazing that's in that's a ridiculous cameo that is a ridiculous cameo that's that's as silly of of a of a leak quote unquote that i've heard but i love it i think that's great i is it likely feelings i have no idea i have mixed feelings about it i i like that it would like it's like an exciting moment i don't know how i feel about the implications of foxman Right. I guess it's already happening with Deadpool 3. I just have to accept it. But, um, like, is it happening, happening with Deadpool 3, or is it just, like, funny in Deadpool 3? Like, well, I was kind of hoping Deadpool 3 would wrap up all the Foxman stuff in its own right, that's contained what I was, movie. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I was assuming in Deadpool 3, you're going to get that stuff in the movie, and then that's that's a nice little bow. We're done with it. We just can just do whatever we want with X-Men now. They go back to their own universe to be old, and they'll be getting new ones. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was hoping that too, but I, I know they got to like get 
Deadpool at least in the MCU and Secret Wars and stuff like that. But I don't know. I guess if I I don't know how the multiverse fits in this movie. That's why it's so weird to me. But um, apparently there's a post uh, another credit scene could be fanfic as well. But I don't okay. think it is. Where Kamala apparently at some point in the movie she steals Fury's tablet with all the data on the on people the with pe- powers. The last super, chance. The superheroes. If you don't want to hear it. The superheroes. She she steals a tablet with data on the superhumans. The metahumans. And at the end, she goes, Kamala goes and finds Kate Bishop. What? Haley Steinfeld. With the idea of reforming the Avengers. That's definitely super- happening. That's definitely she happening. She says, Did you know Ant Man has a daughter? So it's like a young Avengers tease. That's you know? definitely happening. Hundred percent guaranteed. That's a lock. Smash the lock. We knew if they did Young Avengers, Kamala would have to be a part of it, even though she's not oh, in course. the comics. But it, it just makes, makes sense. sense. It just makes sense. Yeah. But like Michael, I will. This is like some more like the fan service that I need. Give me an X Man. Give me a Young Avengers. It's like tailor made for me, you know. So right. I'm prepared to stand this movie. Absolutely. If, uh, these if these leaks are true, and. I saw a little article, a fun little article saying they're throwing in this stuff last minute because I know it's failing. But okay. there's a strike and it's been going on for like a it long feels time. like half a year now. They did this a long time ago, you know? This right. isn't it's been part this of the isn't something they shot recently and they wouldn't be able to. So Right. But that's all my news. That's all I got. All right. Well, let's hear about that live sale. I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale. Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login. Join us every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com slash live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we are back. And before we get to our review of Banmei Takahashi's Door from 1988, we're going to do our picks of the week and my news. So first, pick of the week. I'm picking something from Dark Horse, Dylan. Dark Horse. Um, Stranger Things, The Voyage, number one. Um, these comics have been consistently good and I don't mind, don't know why like the hype is not there. Maybe because Stranger Things is off the air, but these are always consistently really good. I've liked all the Stranger Things books. I mean, I'm talking novels too. So this is definitely worth checking out. And it's a new number one. You don't have to have read any of the previous ones to hop in. It's new characters, new setting, bunch of cool stuff. Yeah, I need to check that out. Yes. Um, I am picking uh, White Widow number one. This is a Yelena Belova uh, solo title. I assume it's a miniseries written by Sarah yeah. Gailey, art by Alessandro Miracolo. Um, and it kind of spins off of the Kelly Thompson Black Widow run, but it's like a new starting point and a new Black Widow, different character. Because Natasha's taking over Venom as of this week as well. Um, she's okay. sy- she's symbiotic now. So that's a Black Widow book now. Symbiote. But, um, yeah, sim- sim- symbiotic. I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Yes, but it... Uh, this one looks good. I, I love Yelena, and they've kind of MCU-ified her, which I'm okay with. Yeah, I'm okay with that. That, that sounds cool. Okay, so getting to the news, I have a decent amount of news this week, but a lot of it is kind of just small ones. So, But first, breaking as of today, um, this is pretty cool. Um, the horror, the modern horror classic from 2014, It Follows, um, is going to be getting a sequel 
um, with the same writer director who is uh, David Robert Mitchell, also starring Micah Monroe, the same lady who was in the first one, which is super exciting. Um, yeah, because he hasn't that. directed anything. Other, he directed a movie called Under the Silver Under the Silver Lake four years after it follows, and that was it. And then anything else since then. I saw that movie. Really? It's not. A, yeah, it's not like. It, I mean, I actually I didn't see it, but um, either way, like he hasn't been doing anything after it follows. He did one movie. So That's weird. Yeah, this got announced uh, today. Um, it's going to be um, released by Neon again. Um, we don't know when. Uh, well, other twenty twenty four, whatever that means. But that is super exciting. Do you like uh, it? Follows, Dylan. I love it. Follows. So... Me too. My first reaction to this was like, uh, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it needs a sequel, but then like with the original team there, I like, I have trust again. So I'm, I'm on board and I'm excited. Me, me too. I, I agree. It follows is about as good as you can get of a horror movie. It doesn't need a sequel. Um, it ends perfectly. It wraps up fine. It has enough of a mystery to make you go, Ooh, I wonder what, um, yeah. And it's really, it is one of my most recommended horror movies. You know, actually, shout out to listener, um, guy named Shannon came into the store the other day, uh, and we were talking about movies. And also, Dylan, you know what the most fulfilling thing about doing the podcast is? Is he came in, mm-hmm. and he, you know what movie he watched? He watched New York Ninja. And oh, I respect wow. okay. <laughs> Heck From yeah. your because, recommendation? Yes, because of the podcast. And we were talking nice. about it. We were talking about It Follows. And so, hopefully, by the time he's heard this, he uh, will have watched It Follows. I told him, this is the one. If you got any movie to watch for Halloween, watch It Follows. Um, and I agree. So that now granted this is coming out the day after Halloween, but whatever, it's always good. You can watch it anytime. So we'll keep you up to date as we know more on they follow. Um, next we have a bunch of announcements coming up. Um, looks like we're going get, to be getting a reboot of Blackula, um, uh, from MGM, um, with Dion Taylor on board to direct from, uh, he did the intruder, which I didn't see. Um, but the variety details it and saying, um, quote, the reboot picks up where the original saga left off after the 1973 sequel, Scream, Blackula Scream, and will be set in a metropolitan city post-coronavirus pandemic. Um, and if you don't know, um, Blackula is arguably one of the most, pre- uh, this is a quote on Deion Taylor, who is also co-writing the script. He says, Blackula is arguably one of the most prestigious black franchises and so important to the culture as it birthed a groundswell of black exploitation horror films which changed the game for how our people were seen on the big screen. He told Variety. And that is very true. Blackula is actually, it might sound like, if you don't know what that is, it might just sound hokey and corny, but it is a super important movie. Um, and it's also really good. The satire is razor sharp. Um, great films. Love love Blackula. Um, have you seen any of the old Blackula movies, Dylan? I haven't, no. They're definitely worth checking out. But um, Okay. We'll keep you up to date as we know more about the upcoming Blackula film, but we're going to be getting it next year. Uh, it looks like around Halloween time. Um, we got, okay, you know what? So this is probably, I thought this was going to be relevant to you, but you saw Five Nights at Home. So mm-hmm. th- there's a new Blumhouse movie called Imaginary. And there's a trailer for it, but it's only in person in front of Five Nights. It's not online yet. Lame. I know. We don't know anything about it. And they're calling it a quote-unquote imaginary trailer. Experience the first ever imaginary trailer, not capital I, like the title, like as in the trailer itself is imaginary. Um, I don't know what that means. Um, but yeah, Lions, oh. so Lionsgate recently uh, required the the rights to the Blumhouse horror movie Imaginary 
And the first movie, the first trailer is attached to Five Nights. Imaginary comes out March 8th. Um, uh, in Imaginary, a young woman returns to her childhood home only to discover that her imaginary friend that she left behind is very real and very unhappy she left. That sounds great. That's a premise I'm, I'm down to see. Yeah. Um, sounds awesome. Now, I'm the uh, Jason Blum is producing, and the director is Jeff Wadlow, who is not like he's got one one winner on the on the the credit list for me. And that is Truth or Dare. Everything else is Cry Wolf, <laughs> Cry Wolf, Kick Ass Two, Fantasy Island, and The Curse of Bridge Hollow. So you know, Ooh. it's not like right. Truth or Dare is a, a dub. Truth Everything, or Dare is bad but good. You know, right, right, right. Was but, he trying to make it bad though? Right, I don't know. So hopefully we'll get a trailer. We can know a little bit more about this. Have you heard about this movie, Dylan? Nothing. No. no but that sounds like a great premise. I, yeah, that sounds really cool. I, that sounds innovative. I'm super excited. Hopefully it's cool. Um, the next one uh, is I have an image I'm going to share, Dylan, which doesn't really do anything, um, but it is part of the story. Um, there's an upcoming movie called The Soul Eater. We don't have a. Um, it's not related to the anime or the manga. Excuse me. Um, there's an image, no no trailer yet, um, from the grisly horror film from the directors of Inside, uh, Julianne Murray and Alexandra B- Bustillo. Uh, Bustillo? I don't know. They're French. Um, if, you've, if you haven't seen Inside, it is ultra-violent and very, very just disturbing. Um, okay. So anyway, um, they have this new movie coming out called The Soul Eater, and I do you first of all have you seen inside Dylan no it's uh-uh. in that um mid to late 2000s there was a new French gore wave of horror movies that were coming out inside frontiers um high tension things along those lines they're all just like known for being really really violent and just kind of disgusting but also okay. pretty good um, anyway, so in Soul Eater, the chilling drama unfolds against the, ba- the backdrop of a mountain village where an old legend about a malevolent creature resurfaces following the disappearance of local children in a series of violent and gruesome deaths. Now that tracks. Um, it's based on a novel, um, which I'm excited for. I really like Inside, as violent as it is, but uh, we'll keep you more up to date on that as stuff develops because I do like to check out the foreign horror because sometimes you get some stuff that you're not going to see all the time. Yeah. Um, we have some TV announcements. The uh, Poltergeist, the TV series, is an early development from Amazon and MGM. Are you a big Poltergeist fan, Dylan? Not really, actually. Me neither. I've seen it. <laughs> it's that's one of the ones that could never just that never really connected with me. I like the first one fine. Um, it's all right. I never yeah. really I've seen the sequels. Um I just I don't Are know. I never they're fine. They're they're about as good as the first one, a little bit worse. But okay. they're fine. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be getting a. Th- there was a, the last we had in this franchise. There was a remake in uh, 2015, and it looks like we're going to be getting um, two sequels, uh, t- uh, and a TV series coming up. But the TV series is going to be going to Amazon, so you already know how that's going to go. Um, but we don't know other than anything other than an announcement. But speaking of Amazon Video. We're getting another announcement of Fallout, the TV game series, the, the, the TV series based on the video game coming out mm. early 2024 on Prime Video. And we didn't get anything other than like a, there's a little teaser clip on X, which is just a Pip-Boy 
data screen with it's some stuff for the video game. If you haven't played Fallout, it's a little video game inspired teaser that doesn't show you anything. Um, are you a big Fallout fan, Dylan? No, not at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I really liked three in New Vegas, and that was about it. Um, but this is coming out April 12th, 2024, uh, on Prime Video. Um, it's gonna be oh boy, who is that? Um, Geneva Robertson Dwarit Dwarre and Graham Wagner are the showrunners. I don't know okay. them. So um it's but it does have Kyle McLaughlin in it from Twin Peaks and Walton Goggins, which is exciting. So we'll we'll I assume we'll get a trailer for that soon. Um but in the realm of other announcements, we got the Black Phone 2 confirmed. Um uh, we the we talked about that was that this year or last year? I don't even remember. Some year. Black, some some year. Um yeah. the Scott Derrickson uh film. Uh, we, we liked it, right? I think we I thought like it was, movie a lot. Yeah, yeah, we we liked it. Um, the his his adaptation of the Joe Hill novel, uh, the Black Phone, which we saw some year starring Ethan Hawke, uh, was really enjoyable. But anyway, we got a confirmation that Universal and Blumhouse will release the Black Phone two on June twenty seventh, apparently twenty twenty five. So that is exciting. Um, mm. We don't know for sure who is all coming back, but I assume Ethan Hawke is obviously back. But um, I don't know who else. But that is exciting. Um, we don't have anything else. There's no plot details. Um, and in the not so much of an announcement, but as a wouldn't it be neat if thing, um, Don Mancini, the creator of Child's Play and therefore Chucky, um, was giving an interview recently uh, with Variety. So, I mean, I guess pretty legit if it's with Variety. And they, they mm-hmm. and Variety brought up the idea of Chucky versus Megan. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and uh, he didn't shoot it down. Uh, he said, I would say stay tuned. Um, he says both <laughs> uh, variety notes, both properties are owned by NC- NBC Universal. So the idea of Chucky versus Megan is not as far fetched as it may sound. Mancini also notes um, about the new season of Chucky that he's rapidly aging, seemingly dying, and will force him to, mm-hmm. quote, contend with legitimate new contenders to the throne, like Megan and Annabelle. Mancini further explains he has to deal with that place for himself in pop culture, uh, and that that's and that's how we really touch the ground with Chucky. We give this off-the-wall character a crisis that has the sting of real pain in real life, but it's just to make him angrier, so you know what happens when Chucky gets angry. So we talked about this. We talked about this. I need to catch up on the show. I've only seen the first season, but I liked it. Um, We need to, we talked about this when we saw Megan. So they needed to do a Chucky versus Megan, but we need Megan to win. Of course. I mean, and then, and then, and then, or they team up in the end to fight Annabelle or something else like that. That's okay. I'm kind of like circling back to being not into it. I don't know. Cause Megan is like AI. And then Chucky's like, just a guy. Yeah, it's more like magic, you know. I don't know right. how, how those mix, but I mean, surface level, I would love to see it for sure. I mean, I, I'm I'm very much on board. Speaking, um, can I give like a quick aside? Yes, that I meant to tell you about. I watched one of your trailer, like I watched a, the movie of a trailer that you sent a while ago. Um, which which one? I, I watched Slother House. Oh my god, you watched it! How it was? So I haven't good. seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but it was like of, I love it so it's much. Slaughterhouse, Dylan. Yeah, like, was, but it has like a sheen. It looks nicer than like the. It's on Shutter, right? Or was it on Screenbox? Um, or I don't remember. I it's we just, somewhere Amazon, yeah. I think. Uh, oh, I can't remember. Okay. But uh, that's exciting. 
I love Alpha. She's my new favorite. What's character. on Hulu? That's the, the sloth's name. Hulu. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was such a good movie. She she does everything. She drives. She <laughs> the sloth. She has a she has a social media account. Yeah. She's like she texts really, with the claws. Yeah. Nice. It's really silly, but like it, anyone could enjoy it. It's a fun Halloween watch. If, well, okay. this comes out well, November first, but whatever. Watch it anytime. It's all. It's always Halloween. In my soul. Anyway, sorry, oh. go on. I just want to let you know no, I saw one of your movies. That's exciting. I'm excited. <laughs> I need to, I that's on the list. Um okay, I have three trailers to get to. Um uh we got a final trailer, which is the first trailer, um, for the killer, the new David Fincher movie starring um what's his name? Magneto, Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender, um, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, because we got a te- a teaser for this, I want to say like a month ago, two months ago, something like that. Uh, we got a final trailer coming out November. Uh, came out a couple of days ago, the, but the the movie is coming out on Netflix November tenth, and this is from like I said, David Fincher and Andrew Klein Walk, uh, Andrew Kevin Walker, who uh, wrote Seven for David Fincher, who directed it, obviously. So that is super exciting. Um, this is adapting a uh, a series of graphic novels. Um, oh, it's a comic book movie. Yes, it is. So it's on brand. We have to watch it. Um, in the killer. <laughs> At, quote, after a fateful near miss, an assassin battles his employers and himself on an international manhunt as he insists isn't personal. Um, the trailer looks awesome. It looks like a David Fincher yeah. movie. It looks like it's going to be it good. Does. <laughs> it looks so good, man. Um, looks like the best. It looks Netflix. so Fincher. It does. It looks like the best Netflix thing I've seen in a minute. Yeah. You know what's annoying, though, is like all the credits they give in the beginning. They didn't list like my favorite Fincher movie, which is Zodiac. Um, I love Zodiac, but whatever. Yeah. And that's don't have the space for it. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I, so go check out the trailer for this. It looks really good. Um, we got a trailer from the new Diablo Cody and Zelda Williams um, movie. Uh, I guess this is the time for Frankenstein reimaginings. I know. I'm getting sick of it. Right. Because we just had Angry Black Girl and Her Monster last week. We got Poor Things coming up in a month and a half or whenever that movie is. And now we have Lisa Frankenstein, um, which is so a many fra- different flavors. Yeah, right. That is true. So you have a, a quote unquote fresh take on Mary Shelley's classic horror novel headed to the screen with Lisa Frankenstein, written by director, dr- written by Diablo Cody, directed by Zelda Williams, um, starring Catherine Newton, who was in uh, Freaky and Cole Sprouse from Riverdale. And this is um, in, set in 1989. The film follows an unpopular high schooler who accidentally reanimates a handsome Victorian corpse. How was he handsome? Anyway, um, a handsome Victorian corpse during a lightning storm and starts to rebuild him into the man of her dreams using using the broken tanning bed in her garage. Um, a coming of rage love story, if you will, as it says there. I did not c- come up with that. Trailer looked like a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Uh, I thought it looked really good. I think it's a good Valentine's Day movie. Um, I love Di- Diablo Cody. Of course. Um, it's coming out love, February like, 9th, yeah. I just like her brand of humor and I like like the satirical horror movies. I'm hoping it's like a spiritual successor to Jennifer's body, you know, because I haven't seen Diablo Cody do a lot of horror quote no. horror, you know? Yeah. So yeah. The Definitely only, important. the only credit they give her is Jennifer's body. They don't give her any other big justice credits. for her Powerpuff Girls show that got canceled. Before I know it was made. Um, Okay, well, the last one that we've got here is I got this. I say I got to save the weirdest one for last. We got a trailer for a movie called Divinity, a red band trailer. Fair warning. If you're going to watch the trailer, it is a red band trailer. There's nudity and all sorts of stuff in it. So Mm -hmm. anyway, 
It is definitely not safe for work. So this is a retro themed sci-fi thriller that is produced by Steven Soderbergh. Um, and it premiered, premiered at Sundance, Sundance and is getting a wide theatrical re- release later this week, apparently. Um, and nationwide, yeah, November 3rd from Utopia and Sumerian. Um, I don't know if I even know what this movie's about. Um, it has Scott Bakula, Stephen Dorff, and Bella Thorne. And okay. this is a really trippy trailer. What'd you think of it, Dylan? I thought it looked bad. I don't want to see it. It looks like very pretentious and that's like oh, the anti-blockbuster. I'm like, yeah, you I know, can tell. If they didn't say that in the thing, I would want to watch this. But like, I think the visuals gave me, I wanted to watch it, but the way they were talking about the movie in the trailer itself were very um, uh, self-aggrandizing. Um, so, yeah, and it's it's more of that to have a movie like this and not tell you what it's about in the trailer. Like, you should just want to go see it. Like, right. No, now, sorry, go on. I, now, now I do kind of like I do like this is the this is right up my alley. Um, it is okay. it does look kind of stupid. Oh, look, I wanted to go see what was that Crimes of the Future. You know what I mean? Like that. This is giving. Well, this that. is how you get the jet. You discover the gems, Michael. This right. is how. By um, seeing things so, like this. um, it is written and directed by Eddie um, Alcazar, who I don't know. Um, set in an otherworldly human existence, scientist Sterling Pierce dedicated his life to the quest for immortality, slowly slowly creating the building blocks of, of the groundbreaking serum Divinity. Jackson Pierce, his son, now controls and manufactures his father's once benevolent dream. Society on the barren planet has been entirely perverted by the supremacy of the drug, whose true origins are shrouded in mystery, Dylan. Two mysterious brothers arrive with a plan to abduct the mogul, and with the help of a seductive woman named Nikita... They will be on a. They will be set on a path hurtling towards true immortality. It's very like noir sci-fi, if that makes sense. It's very like, um, well, so the dame walked into my office and she had legs up to you know whatever like that type. It's got that energy to it, um, mm-hmm. but like also with ray guns and stuff. So I don't know. This movie looks really weird, and I do want to see it. It's definitely an at-home watch. Yeah, but, I, but I'd recommend looking at the trailer because it looks weird. And I do like watching a weird trailer, whether or not I'm going to like the movie or not. You know, I do like a weird trailer. Yeah, the trailer didn't bore me. Uh, How could it? How could it? Like, I mean, is it good? Probably not. But boy, I want to check it out. But anyway, that's all I got for the news this week. Let's hear about those tabletop events. Time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming tabletop events for the month of July. All exact dates and formats can be found on our Discord server. Kicking it off with Keyforge, we run two events a month at our Clear Lake location from 7pm till around 9. Keyforge is the perfect game for casual and hardcore card game players. We also love our role-playing games. Once a month at our Clear Lake store, we host an in-store one-shot RPG for players of all skill levels. Players don't need to bring anything. All play materials, dice, pencils, and character sheets will be provided. There is no entry fee. However, we do ask that you make a purchase of any size from the gaming department on the day of the event. Seats are very limited, and sign-ups are only open for about three weeks before the event. And of course, I can't forget about Paint Club. Every month we get together and paint some tabletop RPG miniatures. These events are for painters of all skill levels, including none. These events occur at our Katy and Clear Lake locations. 
We'll see you at the game tables. And we are back, and we're going to talk about Door from 1988, directed by Banmei Takahashi, the uh, forgotten, lost, whatever you want to call it, film from 1988, uh, Japanese home invasion film that was also lost in Japan. Like uh, it, it screened theatrically and then never got a home video release in any country. It never screened over here. So if you live in North America and have always lived in North America, you've probably never seen it unless you've seen a bootleg copy that does float around from time to time. Um, we've talked about this movie uh, a couple of times as the trailers have been coming out and uh, the terror vision. I don't remember who's putting out the video, the, the home video, but someone's put out the home video. Um, I'll find that out for you here in a minute. But anyway, um, so knowing all that, Dylan, what was your excitement level to watch this? Like neutral, zero, nothing. Okay. <laughs> like not, I, not looking forward to it, but not looking forward to it. Sure, sure, sure. So I... I was pretty looking forward to it. I was because I thought that the last trailer that I know you didn't get to check out, you didn't check out. I thought the last trailer was really strong. Okay. Um, the the final trailer for a movie that came out 35 years ago. Um, anyway, and so it is from Terror Vision is where the Blu-ray is coming out from. Um, I was pretty excited for it. And so this is currently available only to stream on Screenbox. Um, and the Blu-ray will be coming out sometime soon. TBD. It says, but they're taking pre-orders now for $24.99. Anyway, so the plot of Door quickly. Um, Yasuko Honda lives a quiet life with her son and husband. One day, the family is visited by a salesman who won't take no for an answer. The pushy intruder gets his hand crushed in the door as he is attempting to force a brochure into the apartment, which initiates a series of increasingly terrifying experiences for the Hondas. And also, final spoiler warning. If you care about spoilers for Door, there you go. Um, so, firstly... Let's talk. This is just a weird movie. So I'm going to, I'll get, I'll come right out with it. I don't, I was a little disappointed because my expectations were so high. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have things that I enjoyed about it. And I'll, I'll say we could dissect this a little bit differently because it's um, talking about performances. I don't know any of these people, you know, this is, yeah. these are Japanese celebrities. I don't know them. Um, and the lead actress Keiko, Ta- uh, Keiko Takahashi um didn't do many movies after this she'd done several movies before it but didn't do many afterwards which is interesting because i thought she was okay i thought she was uh, it's fine yeah d- decent um but there's really only three people in the movie the husband is barely there there's the mom yeah. the kid and the intruder um i'll tell you i think the biggest problem with this movie for me um is that the trailer was so strong and that every really cool thing happened in the trailer. Like mm. the, the, the biggest gore scene, if you want to call it that, with the guy gets the fork in his face. Yeah. Is it, it's in the trailer. They show it. Oh, okay. Um, which oh, is, I don't remember that. Oh, it's in the second one. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. Um, but this is definitely, um, it feels like someone's early in their filmmaking career. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't say it was like super well made. <laughs> the, I wouldn't either. Um, the editing, the editing was 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 rough, and this the soundtrack was weird too. That's I don't know how my many, maybe biggest complaint is the score. I don't know how many times you can play just that one score. That one repetitive score, which is like a few, it notes. doesn't, and it doesn't go with everything. No, it was it was playing 
literally during like the attack at some points, you know, I was like, geez, they licensed one song. So this guy also, by the way, directed a significant amount of pornography before, before, before making this movie. Yeah. So there, there is that, um, and has not done a lot of, um, non-pornographic films. So there is that for you. Um, okay. (laughs) I mean, I, yeah. Um, but anyway, so I think, Yes, that is definitely true. The soundtrack is, or the the score, the one song that they have, it's fine at first. You know, it works. It fits as the opening yeah. titles, and it's like, oh, this is okay. This makes sense. But then you hear it. I mean, no joke. Oh, every five to ten minutes, you hear it once, at least. Yeah, and and it doesn't always fit. It's a very light, like piano-y, stringy type thing, and it just doesn't fit. And there were some shots that were just like so long. Yeah, um, like the 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 chainsaw through the door. I'm like, can this is this is parody almost at this point? Um, yeah, I I think I wrote down that it like just lingered on things. Like the some scenes were just stretched so thin that it was just right. like a little excruciating sometimes to watch. Right, like every scene was too long a little bit, except for the ones that went super fast. So that being said, I want to ask you a a quick question: Are how familiar are you with Japanese horror cinema? I'm not. Okay. So forgive me for sounding like I'm going to sound, but um, that is really indicative of what these movies are like. Um, Japanese horror movies, especially from the eighties and nineties and early two thousands are very slow, like remarkably slow, like even masters of the genre, like Takashi Miike, like he did a movie called audition, which you've heard of probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That movie is painfully slow, but the payoff is so good and it is well-crafted. Um, so that is of the time for sure. It's so that didn't bother me that because the movie, nothing happens in this movie for a long time. Yeah. Although I was enjoying the first 30 minutes, like I was engaged um, for the first 30 minutes or so. The movie's not very long. Um, I was engaged for the first 30 minutes and then it starts to meander a little bit and just really sort of lose any momentum it has until the it's last like, 20 I, minutes. Right. It, yeah. Yeah. So the first 30 and the last 20 are good, but that middle hour is, or that middle bit is just, I don't know what we're doing here. I'm okay with thing with movies being slow. I just meant more like each shot. Like, yeah, which is unnecessarily stretched out. You know what I mean? Which, like, I, I understand could be indicative of it. And it's like, it's also hard to critique older movies sometimes for me because we're, I'm, I'm like applying modern sensibilities to them, you know? Of course. Yeah, right. I mean, that being said, this does not hold up to other, you know, luminaries of the genre. Now, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. You also have to think movies. If the movie was truly all that great, why did it get lost in the first place? You know, now mm-hmm. that being said, I'm happy that I saw it. Like I, I was, it was a fun experience. I, it's, it's a neat novelty, much like something like New York Ninja. Although New York Ninja has like a great story along with it of like rebuilding this whole movie. Um, this is a neat story because it's like a, a lost movie that no one has ever seen before until very recently in this country. So like, that's really cool, right? Like that's, I'm seeing something that, is vintage and brand new at the same time. Um, yeah, which, the the meta story is cooler than the story in the movie itself. Right. The kid is the worst. The kid is the absolute worst. I, I put that on. No, I was trying to like sugarcoat it, but the 
kid actor just didn't convey any emotion ever. No, he's just shouting the whole time. He's um, either shouting or he's completely stoic. Right. I I I think I think they do some of the tension bits very well though. There are some moments that I think are genuinely really well crafted. Um but again, I think that's luck. I think that is not um by any I don't want to just dump on this director, but like I don't think that's because he's super talented. I think he just lucked into some good shots or some good composition. Um, well, I want to agree with you about the first 30 minutes or first maybe third of the movie because I thought it did a good job of establishing like tension and like slowly like simmering dread, you know. Yes, I was feeling knew, it. I knew it was going to boil up to something because I saw that first trailer, but um I like I don't know, the way it was so mundane, but it was like each like scene was like a little bit step further. I was like I was invested in that and then Right. And then it just lost you, right? <laughs> And then it lost me, and then like the, I didn't appreciate the payoff, you know. So it was like, so for me, more so than the last twenty minutes, the first third was the best to me. I agree. The 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 the, the I think the last twenty minutes would have been better if they didn't show it all in the trailer for me anyway. Um, but the first thirty is the best part of the movie for sure. It 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 is it is very well made that first little bit, um, and the 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 dread is mm-hmm. built pretty well. But the payoff is pretty. There's just some ludicrous leaps that don't make any sense in the, as the payoff. Like when he invades the house and they have to like all of a sudden agree to pretend that he's a house guest so that the kid doesn't know what's going on. That's where it like kind of started to lose the, me because yes. I didn't appreciate. And I think this like how stupid is she? Yeah, well, she made a lot of dumb decisions. Well, like of course. Hitting, hitting the chainsaw while I didn't understand that while I was in the door. Why are they both the, hitting the chainsaw? With the toy. Like, what's hap- what are we doing? What are you doing? Is this symbolizing um, something? I don't know. But that w- with the when he first invaded or when he first came yeah. in, how revealed himself, it like kind of lost me because it became like a little like sexual. And yeah, I think that can be done well, but it seemed a little like, uh, well, Knowing that he directed a bunch of pornography, doesn't that really just make a lot of sense? And this is no. his wife. Yes. So it just, I, I don't know. I It's not something tangible, but you can tell when it's like the director or whoever's making it is like turned on by it. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. And it, I didn't, I got, I got like ick immediately. Absolutely. When it started, and it didn't end. It just kind of got worse from there. And, the, and speaking of the end, the end was, I don't even understand the, if maybe I'm too stupid, you know, the ending where she kills the guy and then just like collapses on top of him in a weird like pose. She's just tired or. It felt like she was drugged through a lot of it. And I didn't. Yeah. She was falling asleep a lot during the fight. When he slapped her and she passed out. Yeah. Just instantly. The battle was weird to me. I it didn't was, like the it, battle. It was really weird. There are a couple it's, cool parts, and I think we probably have the same cool part, but go on. Yeah, like, I think, yeah, there were some cool parts. Like, they did some interesting stuff with POV, which was kind of yeah. neat. Like, I thought that was a cool idea. I, I think the best shot in the movie is the top-down shot of him kicking the door. That's Agreed. that's that's yeah. great. That, that's a great idea. Again, that's in the trailer. Uh, that's in the second trailer. Um, oh. Well, I like that a lot. I wish the rest of the movie was at, like, Kinetic. I thought it, I thought that was really cool. 
I, that, and then we went back to it not being cool. That felt very like, <laughs> oh man, it's happening. And I love, I, I, I also think one of the more effective shots in the movie is like when they're outside the school and she's going to go check on the kid and she goes and sees him to make sure he's okay. And then he subtly walks behind her on the street, but she doesn't know because she's never seen his face. She only saw his hand. So it's like, oh man, he's like right there. How, how intense. Um, there were some cool camera work choices. Like when he was in the phone booth and it was like just the rain and then it like slowly like faded, like shifted focus to his face. I thought that was cool. I liked right. when like the door handle, like the camera was like in between yes, the door yes, and the door exactly. handle and you could that see was so I thought weird. that was kind of cool. I'd never seen that before. I'm not saying I necessarily like it, but I was like, I appreciated like the different, like the risks, you know? Oh, right. You try something different. Um, so it was over- like, it was like even more jarring when they would fall into conformity with like weird shots like that, you know? Right. Um, so let's go ahead and rate it. Um, I, my rating is going to be probably a little bit inflated because I enjoyed like the experience of watching a, a movie like as for the reasons I, get, I said earlier. Um, if you're unfamiliar, we rate on the letterbox scale, which is uh, 0.5 to 5. I am giving this a three. It is currently sitting at a three five at on Letterboxd. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm giving it two and a half. Yeah. Two five. Two five. I'm in the middle. In now the there, middle for me. Now there's a door two. There's a door two. Don't um, do it, Michael. Oh, it's not it, that one is gonna be coming out in the UK on Blu-ray, but it does not have an American release date yet. Um when was I, it made? Um, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Um, I don't have that. Uh, okay data right in front of me but around the same time it's not like yeah 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 door door two was 1991 so three years later okay yeah but um i i mean i would like to see it but (laughs) i don't think i would go out of my way now what's what this movie is giving really hard is there's a there was a dvd releasing label back in the day called tartan asia extreme and that this is giving that like hard tartan asia extreme would just release anything oh it's from japan yeah 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 put it out get some subtitles okay. whatever put it in there and this is something that i definitely would have just bought blind bought because it's got a cool poster it's got a guy with a knife on it you know <laughs> okay. you know you see one ad of fangoria magazine and you're and you're there i get it yeah but i would still recommend checking it out if you want to see the experience like the if this movie has been had been in the ether for this whole time i think it would have just nobody's recommending it but i think it's a fun little story to uh, the like you said the meta the meta around the movie is more interesting than the movie itself but um i did decide to not order the blu-ray i was i was gonna wait till i watched the movie to see if i should order it or not i did decide to skip on it um because there are no extras currently announced for it thanks terrorvision um that's like what would like really plus it up, I feel like is the yeah. I mean, the th- I'm sure there will be extras, but they haven't even announced it yet. So like, I, I, I want to hear interviews with these people now. Like, what do they think? Of yes, are they still married. I don't know. They're not. not. Oh, they're not. I looked it up. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, that's gonna do it for us this week. Thank you all so much for downloading us. We really appreciate all the support. Bye everyone. This is Dylan and I'm Michael. We'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking around for the mid credits. We can tell you've been trained well. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter, Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you online.